the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Tuesday, September the 6th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On September 6, 1901, President William McKinley was shot mortally wounded by an anarchist at the uh, Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. McKinley died eight days later. The shooter was executed on October 29. Today, in 1909, American explorer Robert Perry, he sent a telegram from Indian Harbor, Labrador. He announced that he had reached the North Pole five months earlier. Some disputed that he had actually reached the North Pole. They said some of his calculations may have been off. Today, in 1997, a public funeral was held for Princess Diana at Westminster Abbey in London, six days after her death in the car crash in Paris. And in Calcutta, India, today in 1997, weeping masses gathered to pay homage to Mother Teresa. She had died the day before. She was 87 years old. Today in 2001, in a dramatic shift, the Bush administration abandoned the Clinton-era effort to break up Microsoft. Let's just pause on that for just a second or two. The Bush administration, a Republican, abandoned the Clinton-era effort, a Democrat, to break up Microsoft. Why do these people, like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and all the rest of them, who make their billions because of the free market that Republicans advocate for and Democrats try to push away from toward socialism? Why do they support the push toward socialism when they are such benefactors of the free market capitalistic society? If you have the answer to that, let me know. Just write me a note. I've thought about that. I remember thinking about it at the time. Why do these guys take the positions they take politically? I don't know. But I'm a simple man. I don't understand those complicated matters, I suppose. Anyway, in 2002 today, meeting outside Washington, D.C. for only the second time since 1800, Congress convened in New York to pay homage to the victims and the heroes of September 11. And one year ago today, the Taliban said they had seized the last Afghan province that hadn't been in their control after their blitz through the country in August. What is not said here is that this was all made possible by the Joe Biden inability to have any kind of a reasonable withdrawal from that country. No one much was suggesting that we shouldn't withdraw, but it was a disaster the way it was handled, and everybody knows that. The media won't talk about it, but they know it. 
speaking of the media, there's two different stories today about the same thing. Let me just share this with you. It gives you an idea or a little snapshot of something that most all of you already know. But the media is so selective in the way they report things. This is just one incident. It happened yesterday on, excuse me, on Labor Day. Uh, This is USA Today, and they're not the most extreme uh, far left. I mean, they are leftists, but they're not way out there like some are, like the Washington Post or New York Times or whatever. But anyway, USA Today reported this. Let me just go through it real quick with you. President Biden dismissed criticisms Monday, that was yesterday, that he is vilifying Republicans by calling former President Trump supporters extremists and threats to democracy. Republicans and some Democrats have accused accused Biden of fueling divisions for likening Trump's uh, Make America Great Again movement to semi-fascism. I want to be I want to be very clear up front. Not every Republican is a MAGA Republican. Not every Republican embraces that extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with mainstream Republicans my whole career, Biden said in a Labor Day speech in Milwaukee, but this Wisconsin. But the extreme-minded Republicans in Congress have chosen to go backwards, he says, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. But together we can and we must choose a different path. Biden said that the United States has been able to overcome challenges because it has been a nation of unity, of hope, of optimism, not a nation of division and violence and hatred that is being preached by some others. Now, this was USA Today's, this was their take on Joe Biden's speech to a a bunch of union guys and workers, uh, more blue-collar type workers, in, um, in Wisconsin on Labor Day. Now... Conservative news source, this is Breitbart, here's what they had to say about the same speech, same town, same thing, the same event. President Joe Biden mocked a heckler during a Labor Day speech on Monday, accusing him of destroying democracy. Biden spoke at a Labor Day event in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, celebrating unions and warning workers about the dangers that MAGA Republicans posed to the working class. During his speech, a man stood up and began shouting, but it was unclear what the man was saying. Biden tried to calm his supporters as Secret Service removed the heckler from the event. All right, God love you. Let him go. Let him go, Biden said. And then Biden said this, and I'm I'm counting this. I'm not adding. He said, no, 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 no. Don't let him go, Biden continued. Look, everybody's entitled to be an idiot. The president continued his speech, warning his audience that the extreme MAGA Republicans were trying to take away personal rights from Americans. We have to be stronger and more determined and more committed to saving American democracy than the MAGA Republicans and that guy out the door are destroying democracy, he said, referring to the heckler. Biden continued his angry condemnation of former President Donald Trump and his supporters calling them all a threat to democracy. He also told the workers that, quote, the Trumpies are trying to end popular programs such as Social Security. Now, that's the same event with two very different takes. That's that's why it's so important that we look at what's happening with some kind of a clear mind and certainly from a biblical perspective. 
there is no question that we live in an age of confusion. And we live in a time when we are being misled, grossly misled by the media most of the time. And that's why we try to do what we do here every day to sort these things out and talk about them with you from a biblical perspective. And I want to thank you for supporting us. Without your support, we would not be here. This would have would be something that happened in the past, but not happening today. Each month, our budget is met by those of you who stand with us financially. I know you know that, but I want to thank you, and I want to encourage you to continue to stand with us. We are going through some incredible times here in our country, and God knows and God is in control, but we need to be informed, we need to be aware, and to the best of our ability, we do that every day from what's happening in the news based on and looked at through the lens of God's Word. The Bible says our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. You can contribute online on our website as well, faithandfreedom.us. The Bible says for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. That is God's peace, God's wisdom. That's God's way. However, we don't always see that being played out in the culture none the least in politics. Chicago's Mayor Lori Lightfoot told the press on Sunday that Texas Governor Greg Abbott's Christian faith is not biblical because the Texas governor is busing illegal border crossers to Chicago and other cities that have proudly proclaimed again and again and again that they are sanctuary cities. She said, this is not the Christianity and teaching of the Bible that I know. Now, I, want to, I don't want to get sued, but I want to tell you that Lori Lightfoot is probably not an example of the model Christian herself. She lives a gay lifestyle. She is extremely opposed to anyone and anything that would touch abortion and all, you know the list. So she is criticizing a man who the people who know him say he lives, tries to live out his faith as an evangelical Christian. I don't know him, so I can't speak about his lifestyle. I don't know Lori Lightfoot, but I know what she advocates for, and that tells me a lot. She said, this is not the Christianity and teachings of the Bible that I know. President Biden is not only deeply dividing the country politically, as we were just talking about a moment ago, but now his policies are further dividing the country spiritually. While millions of Americans give credence to the Bible, we're now fighting over what it actually says about illegal immigration. This came up again over the weekend. Governor Abbott is not practicing the Christianity that Mayor Lightfoot knows. Fox News is reporting that Mayor Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot cast doubt 
on Governor Greg Abbott's Christian faith and remarks. I would say it was stronger than that. She was denouncing his faith. But she cast doubt on Governor Greg Abbott's Christian faith, according to Fox, in remarks denouncing the the, uh, Texas Republican busing migrants from the southern border up to the Windy City. He professes to be a Christian, Lightfoot said at a press conference on Sunday. She said, this is not the Christianity and the teachings of the Bible that I know. And I think religious leaders all across the country are standing up and denouncing exactly this. Well, that's not true. There are a lot of Christian leaders that are not denouncing Governor Abbott. Lightfoot held a press conference after about 50 more migrants were bussed into Texas. They reached Chicago over the Labor Day weekend. Abbott has been sending buses of migrants, as you know. I've mentioned that on this program two or three times. He's been sending buses, of, and there's usually about 50 in these buses. They're kind of like tour buses, you know, that you go for a ride somewhere and look at stuff. And so they, that's how they're bussing them around. Abbott has been speaking out against Biden's policies, or lack thereof, on immigration. There's no, no other state feels the impact any greater than Texas because Texas has a massive border with Mexico, as we know. Last week, he said that President Biden's continued inaction on our southern borders, putting the lives of Texans and Americans at risk. It is overwhelming the small border communities. Those are little towns for the most part along the border. I mean, San Diego isn't, but I mean, most of them are in California, but most of the Texas towns are, you know, small On Sunday, yesterday, he said to continue providing much-needed relief to our small overrun border towns, Chicago will join fellow sanctuary cities, Washington, D.C., and New York City as an additional drop-off location. Mayor Lightfoot loves to tout, this is Governor Abbott speaking, he said Mayor Lightfoot loves to tout the responsibility of her city to welcome all, regardless of legal status, and I look forward to seeing this responsibility in action as these migrants receive resources from a sanctuary city with the capacity to serve them. Abbott's office told Fox News later on Monday, yesterday, that attacking the governor's commitment to his faith is a pathetic political ploy to change the conversation away from Mayor Lightfoot's unwillingness to hold her city's self-declared sanctuary status. That's exactly what's happening. They want to be seen as a sanctuary city, embracing all inclusive, all these buzzwords that we're hearing. But when it comes down to taking 50 migrants, illegals, oh no, you're ruining the city. We want to be seen as a compassionate city, but we don't want the responsibility of being compassionate. That's how the left runs. That's the problem with the left, and that's the problem in the culture. Where was Mayor Lightfoot's outrage and condemnation of President Biden as he flew these plane loads of migrants? Same thing. He was flying them in in the middle of the night, sneaking them in. Remember, we talked about it here. It was kind of a well-known secret, but he was trying to do it under the cover of dark. I mean, he was doing it. He really didn't want the press reporting on it. They were pretty compliant. They didn't report much. But where was, I mean, where was Lightfoot then? Because some of them... Those guys went to Chicago as well. Abbott Press Secretary, this Renee Ease, continued in the statement on Monday. She said, instead of 
lowly personal attacks on the government and complaining about a few dozen migrants being bussed into her sanctuary city, Mayor Lightfoot should call on President Biden to take immediate action to secure the border, something the president continues failing to do. Well, that's exactly right. Lightfoot has slammed the decision to bust migrants as racist and added in her remarks Sunday that the policy was also unpatriotic. And then she had said previous to that that it's not Christian and it's not biblical. Lightfoot's remarks echo those of New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He's saying the same thing. He's saying, we're a sanctuary city. All is welcome. We're inclusive. Marry whom you love. Come to the United States without any documentation or without any process of immigration. Just come. It's all great until they do come. And then it's a crisis. That's hypocrisy in its most vile and ugly form. The Center for Immigration Studies published a report in June finding that foreign-born population in the U.S. had increased by more than 2 million since President Biden took office. I know it seems like he's been in office for 10 years, but honestly, he hasn't. He's only been there, what is it, less than two years. I mean, man. Two million since he took office. And by foreign-born population, you can bet that a lot of it, perhaps a vast majority of it, illegal. In May alone, the number of illegal migrant encounters at the southern border hit a new record of 239,416 encounters. If Lori Lightfoot believes that 50 illegal border crossers are more than Chicago can handle, why does she believe the millions of illegals pouring across our all-but-open borders, our southern border particularly, are no problem? It doesn't make sense. It's just pure hypocrisy. She obviously doesn't believe that. Creating sanctuary cities is nothing more than virtue signaling. They don't want to do what they say they believe. They simply want to believe it out loud so you will say, my, what a compassionate person. And they can advance their political career based on the people who agree with that kind of thinking. They want to claim some kind of moral high ground but not actually provide sanctuary to the masses that policies are allowing to cross the border. That, can't, that always reminds me of the Pharisees of Jesus' time. They practiced virtue signaling so much that he called them out repeatedly in the New Testament. He called them hypocrites many times, not just once. Jesus called out the people that are doing the same thing that these guys are doing. They're standing on the street corner, signaling their virtue, praying out loud sometimes so others will hear them. We are compassionate, we are inclusive, we are biblical, blah, blah, blah. And yet when it comes down to actually doing the things that the gospel teaches us to do, they take that and they make it their banner, but they don't do it. And that's not even the banner of the gospel. The banner of the gospel is the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins not to solve the illegal immigrant problem. But when we ask Christ to become our Savior, our life gets straightened out. And when our lives get straightened out before God, and he sees us just as though we've never sinned because we're justified by accepting Christ as our substitution, as our stand-in for our sin. He took 
the penalty for our sin, which is death. And he made it so that I can live. And so can you when we accept Christ. And that carries through into the culture. But these folks take biblical teaching and begin to twist it so it can help advance their political agenda, their political career, whatever. They don't believe it because they don't act on it. They just like to talk about it. Lightfoot's gospel is killing our country. She's not the only one. She was just the one talking about it over the weekend and yesterday. There was an announcement, uh, there was a report yesterday that came out that 46 people were shot Friday through Monday, through yesterday morning, Labor Day, in Mayor Lori Lightfoot's Chicago. That happens almost every weekend. That's a few more. But there's a report out this morning, I just noticed it about a half hour ago, that there were some more shot just before midnight. So it was the, the total was 50 shot in her city. That's how these policies that are held by she and others like her on the left, that's how well they work. They don't work. Seven of the shooting victims, as far as what they were saying this morning, I don't follow this every day, but I knew I was going to be talking about it today, so I, I looked at it. At least seven of them are dead. They died. ABC7 and the Chicago Sun-Times reported that 457 people were killed in Chicago from January 1 through September 4 of this year. Presidential candidate Jeb Bush said something uh, during the debates in the presidential run. He was, I think he thought he was kind of a shoe-in for the next president, the Bush dynasty and all of that. So he was pretty confident going in to the the, the, the presidential um back when he ran the last time. And um, I remember they were talking about illegal immigration, and he called it, in that debate, he called it an act, illegal immigration, he called an act of love. When you see the dead bodies of illegals strewn across the plains there in South Texas, they were trying to make it into the U.S., and some of them did make it, but they, they died of thirst and hunger and other reasons. In doing so, when you see dead bodies floating down the Rio Grande, there were several pictures of those just this past week. When you see a bunch of bodies in the back of a semi-trailer that died of heat, hunger, thirst, you don't see illegal immigration so much as an act of love. But these people dismiss that. It's not an act of love. Biblical teaching regarding immigration is often twisted to merely support progressive leftist ideologies. I want to talk a little bit about that today. I often hear the left say, love your neighbor as yourself. It's a clear teaching. It's biblical. We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's taught in the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, and it's affirmed in the New Testament. The answer is found in reading on in the scriptures, though, what does that mean? If you read on, and that's something the religious left and the hyper-self-serving politicians from both parties actually apparently don't have much interest in doing. Yet they continue to quote scripture to guilt well-meaning Christians and others into supporting them for fear of appearing to be lacking of compassion. 
well, I want people to know that I too am a Christian. I'm doing good things. Well, I'm not doing them, but I, I'm telling you I believe in them. When we read on in Scripture, we discover that your neighbor is the stranger who resides with you, shall be to you as a native among you, and ye shall love him as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. What does that mean? Well, the command to love the stranger is not open-ended. In the Hebrew language of the Old Testament, it uses three words to describe strangers. This is basic, fundamental Bible study. Three words to describe strangers, aliens and immigrants. Two of those words are nekar, and one is zar, Z-A-R, in the Hebrew. They refer to foreigners whose allegiance remained with their native country. In other words, I don't want to be an Israeli. I want to be an Egyptian or whatever. I, I don't want to be a U.S. citizen, if we're looking at this in principle, and we are. These people were denied the benefits of citizenship in Israel and are not in view in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 34. That's not what that's about. But the left would lead people who don't know the Bible to believe otherwise. On the other hand, the Hebrew word ger, or G-E-R, often translated sojourner or stranger in our English versions, it's in Leviticus 19.34, is a person who has immigrated to Israel legally with the intention of becoming a citizen. Israel was as, uh, was instructed to treat these immigrants as if they were native-born, granting them the benefits of citizenship. Well, what are those benefits? Well, first, the privilege to glean the fields, Leviticus 19.10 and Deuteronomy 24.19-22. The privilege to receive a portion of the special tithe that was collected every three years for the poor. That's Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 28 and 29, and chapter 26, verses 12 and 13. The privilege to be paid in a timely way. In other words, pay for work. That's Deuteronomy uh, chapter 24, verse 15. The privilege to rest on the Sabbath. Deuteronomy 5.14, the privilege to receive fair treatment in legal matters without discrimination. Deuteronomy 1.16 and 17, the privilege of protection from being taken advantage of. Deuteronomy 24.17 and 18 and chapter 27, verse 19. The religious left and other open border advocates are quick to point out that America is not Israel. Well, that's true. And we're not a replacement of Israel. The Old Testament distinguished Israel from other nations as a nation chosen to testify to his greatness and grace and mercy. And that is meaning that Christ, his only begotten son, came through Israel, Jesus, born in Israel, of course, Nazareth, Bethlehem. The religious left and the open border advocates consistently quote Jesus' words in Matthew 25 because of their use, not his, of the words sojourner and, and strangers. They interpret the idea that we should care for the least of these. It's a parallel to the command to love our neighbor, but it isn't. They conclude that Jesus is teaching that America must accept all who cross our borders regardless of circumstances or legality. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The passage in Matthew 25 is actually speaking to a judgment at the end of the future tribulation period in which Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, with the sheep being those Gentiles who have believed in him and the goats being those who have followed the Antichrist.
to suggest that America has a biblical and moral mandate to accept everybody that floods illegally across our border is twisting scripture. That simply is not what the Bible teaches. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.